Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. This week's parasha is Parashat Shoftim. We have a fascinating mitzvah in this week's parasha we're going to discuss. And what's fascinating is we, see, we have a great perspective. We as living in again, our, our year, thousands of years after events of Tanakh, we can look back and see, okay, there was this mitzvah, and then there was this reality. So did it line up or did it not line up? Let's figure that out. So the Psukim here tell us in Shoftim, also Chodesh Tov, everybody. Chodesh Elul, it's a big day. Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, it's a big day. It's not Hashem, it should be a beautiful Elul for all of us. It's really a big thing. But the Psukim tell us that when the Jews entered Eretz Yisrael after Yerusha and Yeshiva, after conquering and settling the land, there were three mitzvot that they had to fulfill. Does anybody know what those three mitzvot are? Well, one is this week's parasha. Make Appoint a king over yourselves. So one... They have to sum tasim alecha melech. They have to appoint a king over themselves. What was the second one? Does anybody know? Two very big mitzvot. After Two. After, fini- after finishing conquest and settling the land. Okay. The, sec- the second the is destroying Amalek, wiping out Amalek. And the third is building a Beit HaBchira, building Beit HaMikdash. Okay. Happens to be, I just want to point this out, they only built the Beit HaMikdash, just as an example, Four hundred and they started building it four hundred and forty years. I mean, they were building it more than four hundred years after they entered the wow. land. So it took quite a while until this. And, and appointing a king also, by the way, we're going to see. It took a long time till king was appointed, and they didn't even end up wiping out Amalek. That was actually part of Shaul Amalek's mission that he failed. So really, <laughs> they did those much later. And the one about wiping out Amalek, they didn't even fulfill. It ultimately, wasn't fulfilled. <clears throat> but let's focus in on the one that's this week's parasha. Appointing a king. It's a very interesting concept. You know, we talk about government. You look around the world, what governments the rest of the world utilizes, the government we utilized. So the psukim here tell us, what is the law of a Jewish king? The psukim here tell us as follows. Perak Yezayin Pasuk Yedalit. It says, Kitavoy la'aretz, when you come to the land, Asher Hashem Elokech Noten Lach Hashem will give you. V'yirishtav yashavta'abba. So this is the idea, after Yushan Yeshiva. After the conquest and settling the land, then Ve'amarta, you will say, and I listen to these words good because we're going to focus in on these. You will say, Asima alai melech, I will appoint on myself a king, goyim asher like all of the nations around me. Now it's, just, it's a bit of an interesting way of yeah, saying it. Yeah. Is are we supposed to or are we not supposed to? Is that, no, you're going to say, I'll appoint on myself a king like all the nations around me. So then the Psukim say, Som tasim alecha melech, you shall surely appoint a king on yourself, asher ivcha Hashem elokecha bo, that Hashem will choose him, meaning the Navi, or the holy people at the time will say, this is the guy that Hashem wants. Mikerev achecha tasim alecha melech, he has to be from one of your brothers, actually gerim are not allowed, it has to be somebody that's one of your brothers that's permitted to become the king. You're not allowed to put someone who's not of the Jewish people, who is not your brother. And then the Psukim tell us there's certain halachot that bind a king. He can't have too many horses because then he'll bring the Jews back to Mitzrayim. He can't have too many wives. 
which would turn his heart away from the Torah. Actually, he's supposed to have a Sefer Torah that he keeps with him all the time, that keeps him in check, and he shouldn't become haughty. Rather, he should be of his brethren. He should be humble and treat them with respect, etc. So he has an extension of his kingship, him and his children amongst the Jewish people. Okay. Now the Rishonim come along and the Rishonim say, the words that the Psukim here use, when you will appoint the king on yourselves, seem very difficult in the face of the reality, as I started off today, of what actually happened later in history. Who was the first king? Shaul HaMelech. We know Shaul HaMelech was the first king. So we open up Sefer Shmuel. Let's see what happened. Well, what happened? <coughs> Look in Perakhet. In Sefer Shmuel Aleph. So before there was a king, excellent, there, there were Nevi'im, there were Shoftim, there were holy righteous people that guided the Jewish people. One of those was Shmuel. Shmuel Anavi, he guided the Jewish people. Okay? So if you look at the end of Perak in the beginning of Perak Chet, the Psukim tell us Shmuel was getting older. Shmuel Anavi, he was getting older. He wasn't able to travel as much as he used to. His children didn't follow in his ways. They weren't as righteous, so they weren't going to guide the Jewish people as would have been fitting. And the Psukim say, Perak Chet Pasuk Dalit, this is in Sefer Shmuel. So all the elders of Israel gathered to Shmuel in Ramah. You have gotten old. Your children are not following your ways. Now listen to the words. Appoint for us a king to judge us like all the other nations. Okay, you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do it. Your children are not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So now is the time. Appoint for us a king like the other nations. Pasuk says, This was very bad in the eyes of Shmuel, as they said. Like they said, Appoint for us a king to judge us. So Shmuel davened to Hashem, What should we do about this? Why was it bad? Right? The Psukim say, We, we just saw the Psukim in Barashat Shoftim. What was the problem? Okay, let's see. So Hashem turns to Shmuel and he says, listen to the people, to everything they tell you, because it seems like Shmuel took it personal. Shmuel felt that they're saying, we don't want you, you're not an effective leader, we need a king. So Hashem says to Shmuel, this isn't just saying the simple pshat, Hashem says to Shmuel, they're not disgusting in you, they're not pushing you away, rather they're pushing me away, they're pushing away my malchut, that I'm ruling over them when they're requesting a king. Like all that they've done until now, they've always been rebelling against me. So listen to them, and not only listen to them, but tell them what it means to have a king. And the Pesukim continue, Shmuel goes back to the people, and he tells them, you will have a king, and this will be the rules of the king. And then he goes on to explain that when a Jewish king is appointed, he's going to rule with an iron fist. That's what he says to the people. He says, what's going to happen? He's going to take your people to be his soldiers, to be his bakers, to be his maidservants. He'll take uh, tithes from your, from your produce for the malchut, for the kingdom. Meaning, you think you're going to have a king that's going to be good for you, easy for you? The king is going to be... I rule with an iron fist. That's what a Jewish king is going to be like. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to cry out. This is where he finishes off. On that day, you're going to cry out because the king you chose for yourself is harsh against you and Hashem is not going to listen to you. Very intense. That's what Shmuel says back to the people. So the people respond. Wow. They say back, 
Vayimaanu ha'am l'shmoa b'kol Shmuel. It literally means they refused to listen to the voice of Shmuel, and they said, "Lo, no, ki imelachiyaleinu." There still will be a king amongst us, uh, over us. Meaning to say, despite that, we still want to have a king ruling over us, and we're going to be vayinu gamanachnu kechola goyim. We'll be like all the other nations, and our king will judge us. He'll go out in front of us and fight wars for us. And Shmuel listened to the people. He heard all the words of the people and he spoke to Hashem. And Hashem said, listen to them and appoint the king. And then the next chapter starts talking about Shaul. It's a long story. We're not going to get into it now. Eventually, Shmuel appoints the first Jewish king, which is Shaul HaMelech. All the Mepharshim come along and say, what's going on over here? You look in Parashat Shoftim, and this seems to be what's supposed to happen. When you come to the land, you settle the land, you, everything's finished, and you say, Asima alai melech goyim asher I will appoint a king over me like the other nations. So what do the Jews do wrong? What do they do? What's the problem? Shmuel got all upset. To say that Shmuel, you know, just um, getting upset about something petty, you know, his gava was offended, that's shtuyot. You can't say such a pshat. Because Obviously, why, that's why not true. He's offended about Right. The Torah says that when you, after Yoshan Yeshiva, yeah. after the conquest and the settlement and everything's done, you appoint a king. Yeah. So what's he getting upset about? What is this whole back and forth? What's going on? So, I'll tell you, some of the Rishonim learn, including the Ramban. Here, I believe Rashi, actually, in, in, in Sefer Shmuel, says, the issue was, having a king is not the problem. The issue was that they said, goyim. Okay. The problem was that like they said, the, we want to have a king like all the other nations. The Ramban says this over here, in Parashat Shoftim. It says, what, what, what the problem is, is that, what the Jews were saying was, we want to have a king like all the other goyim. We don't want to have a king, a uh, Jewish king that leads us in the ways of Judaism and like Hashem wants him to do. We want a king like all the other nations. That itself is considered a mistake. So when Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them that in Shoftim, he's not saying a good thing. He's saying, the reality is this is what's going to happen. <clears throat> You're going to approach eventually Shmuel and Avi in some 400 years from now, and you're going to request the king like the other goyim, which means then the way you read the pasuk is It's not saying the right thing; it's saying the reality of what's going to happen. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them this is what's going to happen, but it's not good. It's not the right thing to do. It's wrong, because you shouldn't want a king like all the other goyim. You should want a king who leads you al Torah, not who leads you in the ways of the goyim, or because the goyim have kings. That's incorrect. That's, that's some of the Rishonim explain the pshat like that. Maybe the right thing is to not have a king. Who knows? Well, the Torah says it is. No, the Torah here says, after Yeshav Yeshiva, you're supposed to have a king. Like but the point is, nations. the point, exactly. So that's how some of the Rishonim explain. The problem is, no, we don't have a king like Kolagoyim. We have a king as a Jewish leader, as we're supposed to be, not like the rest of the nations. Korah, his rebellion was about he wanted to be a king or he wanted to be a leader. No, he wanted to Beautiful. So comes the Kliakar. I'm going to read the Kliakar inside. Beautiful Kliakar. He explains the whole back and forth here. And there's a tremendous Yisod that comes out from this as well. A tremendous idea. If you want to <laughs> grab a Mikrot Gedolot and read along with me, you're welcome to. Or you can just listen. I'm going to skim through it and just read briefly. Kliakar says like this. This is in Parashat Shoftim. He says, many people <coughs> don't have clarity in this whole storyline in terms of this mitzvah. They don't understand clearly what is this mitzvah 
Because if the Ritzon Hashem was that there should be a righteous king who guides the people when the people want it, meaning when it's desired that there is a king, if so, so then why is Shmuel Anavi complaining to Hashem about the fact that the Jews requested to have a king? Means if the mitzvah is, the Ritzon Hashem is, at the time that there's supposed to be a king, there will be a king. So then what was the issue that Shmuel was upset about? Right? That's one, right? So it implies that this was something that was inappropriate. Well, it was inappropriate. Why would Hashem have been upset about this? And why would Shmuel have been upset about this? It seems to be a mitzvah Hashem was guiding them to do. So now what, what Yehuda just mentioned actually is one approach. He says, so some people say that the complaint was that they said, we want a king like all the goyim, that he'll judge us like the nimusea goyim, like the practices of the goyim. Meaning the fact that they wanted a king, they, they should have had a king, that's fine. The issue was they were requesting it like Kola Goyim. This is kind of like the Ramban, like the other Rishonim explain. Others say that this is actually very interesting. Others say, Is that Hashem was, Moshe was just telling them the reality of what's going to happen. It's not a mitzvah. This very, very big chidush, I'm just pointing that out. That the Jews in the future would ask and Hashem would permit it. Is that what you, that's what you just said, pretty much what you just said. But then, really, it's like bidiyavad. It's really bidiyavad. Something along those lines. And it would come out then that Moshe was telling them, you're going to request it, but it's bidiyavad. Really, you shouldn't want a king like this. It's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. That's what the that's what Kliyakar points out. Now the Kliyakar goes on and says like this. I want to explain this idea, says the Kliyakar. Really, the desire of Hashem was that there would be a king who would guide the Jewish people in order lahatil mora al kulam, he says a very interesting idea. He says like this: in terms of judgment, right? In terms of judgment, meeting out halacha, deciding what's the right halacha, mm -hmm. you don't need a king for that. You have batei dinim kavuim b'chol ir. You have established courts in every city. Mm -hmm. So, what role does the king really fill? What is the role of the king? So he says, actually, it's very interesting. We're holding there in Pekeavot in the Shir in the morning. It's Perik Gimel Mishnah Bet. It says in the Mishnah there, Bichanina Skana Kohanim teaches, You should always pray for the peace of the government, meaning that our governments are successful. And the Farshim actually learned it's not just the king or the pre president. All the officers means in general that the country should be successful in its governance. She'il male mora'a, because without fear or without awe, if people weren't scared of the law, if there was no fear of uh, law and order, ish et chayim bala'u, a person would swallow his friend alive. The Mephoshim speak out would be like fish. You know, in the, in the ocean, the big fish swallows the small fish. That's mm -hmm. what happens. So we have to pray, it's an amazing thing, that our government is successful in keeping law and order because without law and order, it becomes wow. hefker. Everything becomes no man's land. What's that called? It becomes uh, yeah, chaos. chaos. It, it, mm -hmm. it devolves into something terrible. So actually, some, some shuls actually have a special... Uh, they say for the government. There's something to be said about that. Wow. Something to be said. We say it, right? yeah, we, in Panama we say it for sure. In, in Yom Kippur. Yeah. Sometimes even the president comes to a synagogue in Yom Kippur. Oh, so that's a different story. Wait, is he Jewish? Not no. Jewish. Okay. But his yeah. second last name is Jewish. Cohen. He's not like. What he's like what? maybe some. What about Noriega? No, he's not, he's not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so says the Kliakar, you don't need the king to mete out judgment because, again, you have courts. You have Jewish courts, batei dinim. You have that, no problem. Rather, the purpose of it is kibbutz v'tikun amdinot, meaning it arranges the, gov the countries, it keeps things in order as they're supposed to be. Law and order. 
And only in this way would there be a mat malchut alayem ki bazerat Hashem. Hashem wants that there should be law and order, so he empowers Jewish kings in order to keep law and order. Again, obviously, it's not the king making up his own things, but the king will enforce law and order. People will have mora'ah, they'll have awe, fear of the government, and then they'll act in an appropriate way and not do the wrong things. And that's also what Hashem said to Yeshua bin Nun. I'm just reading through it. Hashem said to Yeshua bin Nun, you're going to bring this nation, which the Mepharshim explained means, you'll hit them with a stick on their head and you'll bring them into Eretz Yisrael. Meaning, the king, or Yeshua in his time, the leader has the responsibility to instill a certain fear and awe. That's the word, som tasim alecha melech. Actually, the Gemara teaches, Masechet Kiddushin, that your, his fear, his awe, should be on you. There is an element that you should have awe of the government. Because when there's no awe of the government, things devolve into chaos, problematic things. That's the role of a Jewish king as well. Obviously, again, al Torah, it's not necessarily as much to meet out judgment, as much as that there's awe, that I'm going to do the right thing, keep the, keep the law and order in the country. Therefore, the psukim here say, in, in Shoftim, when you come to the land, this is all the Kliakar, because after Yerushan Yeshiva, after they conquered the land and settled the land, we know what ended up happening was Vayishman Yeshur and Vayivat. What ended up happening? The Jews got fat and then they kicked, meaning we became very complacent, we became very comfortable. And people started to act inappropriately because there was no law and order. We became very comfortable with what we're doing and there was no uh, set of rules that kept people in order. So then, as the Kliakar continues and says, because there was no king, it was a problem. Says the Kliakar. Now, now he's, first the Kliakar is telling us what should have happened. Okay. So righteous people at that point should have realized, look, after Yushan Yeshiva, there's going to be okay. a problem. Okay. There's not going to be law and order. People are going to be too comfortable, complacent, and things are going to be devolving into things that are not appropriate. And then, the righteous people that Hashem would call out to, they would say, they would go and find out, they would want to appoint a king, and they would say, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, we want to appoint on ourselves a king like the, na- like the nations around us. What does it mean like the nations around us? So that they'll, they'll control it, I mean they'll control the situation, that there will be government, things will be in order. And as he says over here, like the goyim around me, it's not a bad thing necessarily. The appropriate governments, meaning the Jews should have come to Shmuel and Avi and said, we want to appoint on ourselves an appropriate government, like the nations around us who have appropriate governments, that there is law and order, and then it's great, that they don't rebel against their kingdom because there is a sense of awe, and uh, then things will be orderly and, and done appropriately. And he says, Apparently that's the way you could look at the times that he was in, and it would prove this. And therefore the Torah here says, as I said before, The key word is, it's going to focus on this momentarily, the key word is when it says here, What is the key word? They would have said, we want to place him on us, over us. What does it mean on us or over us? He'll be in power. Meaning, we have an awe of the government. That would have been the appropriate thing. They would have come to Shmuel and said, we want to appoint a powerful government who will control the reality of things, who will make sure that there's law and order in the country, and then people will act in the appropriate way possible. Again, based on the word aleinu, over us, controlling us, etc. What do you want to say? Isn't that what the Shoftim Meshachim is? To a degree. 
Yeah. Right. Right. So as the Kliyakar is explaining, apparently at a certain point they would become by Yishman Yeshu and Vayivat, whatever the Pshad is, that wouldn't be sufficient. I don't know why it wouldn't be. And also a Melech like yeah. Kalagoyim, wasn't that, wasn't, isn't every Melech like that? Mm-hmm. That's what we're about to show. What they were supposed to request as the Kliyakar, Aleinu, Alecha, Alech, like the Psukim say over here. Over us, meaning controlling that there's a government and people have awe and people don't want to act inappropriately, and then they follow Devar Hashem in the right way. Beautiful. They did not speak appropriately because if you look at the Psukim, if you're Medayik, the Psukim we went through in Shmuel, they said, Tena Lanu Melech. They said, Tena Lanu Melech. What does it mean? Give for us a king. Beautiful. He's Medayik in the words beautifully. What do you mean, Lanu? They did not say, Aleinu over us a government that will instill fear in the people, keep things orderly. They said, give him for us. What do you mean, give him for us? What's the difference between those two? Exactly. They did not want to accept awe of a government. That's not what they wanted. That their awe would be over us. I don't know what those words actually mean. But what, what they wanted was a government that we... We're, we're the ones who are essentially in power, and we control what the government or what this king decides to do. What, emer- what emerges from this is, Against that type of a king, against his will, he's going to have to be machanifotanu. What does that mean? He's going to have to flatter us. He's only in a position of power because we put him there. Because we control, we're, we're pulling the strings, really. We want a puppet government, exactly like you just said. And therefore, they said, what were, what were they saying? To judge us like the rest of the goyim. He was saying, Because in general, when it comes to this type of chanifa in other governments, is you can give bribes to the judges and then things work out in your favor. Because they're not the ones, ultimately, who yield power. And, and instill fear in the people, it's the exact opposite. That's what the Jews are really requesting. Lanu. He should service us, i.e., we'll be the ones in power, we'll call the shots, and if we want to get rid of him, we'll get rid of him. Well, then he has to flatter us. Unbelievable, this, this point he says over here. Like the minag of these, unbelievable, he says, and like the minag of these countries, they hire a rabbi for a certain amount of time. And initially the intent is not to accept. He's not instilling fear in anybody. They're not giving him any power like that. Their fear is on the rabbis. Unbelievable. The, the Kliyakar sometimes go out, goes out like this. He gives really strong massage. And therefore, he has to flatter the congregation in order that he doesn't lose his job. Imamish says it's unbelievable. That's the kind of king they were looking for. He throws that in. It's like almost like, you know, just like, <laughs> I don't know who he's talking about exactly. It's unbelievable. But that's what they were asking, Lanu. The Jewish people were not asking for a king in the right way, Som Tasim Melech, to have a government over them that would instill fear, create law and order, as it's supposed to be. They were asking for a government that they'd be able to control and call the shots. He wouldn't have power, really. He would be scared of them, not that they would be scared of him, and that doesn't create any law and order. And then they could do what they want, because he'll lose his job if he doesn't do uh, what they want. Well, well, because then they could do what they want, and it's validated. It's validated. Oh, 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 hold on a minute. Now, why did Shmuel not appreciate this? Listen to this, unbelievable. Because they didn't have this with Shmuel. Listen to this. 
And this was bad in the eyes of Shmuel. Why? When they said, give us a king. Because he understood that the issue is they're saying Lanu. He understood He understood what they were trying to do. No, he, he, they weren't pulling a fast one on him. They wanted somebody that was Lanu and not Alenu. They wanted somebody that would, you know, the politicians. I mean, that's what it is. They accept money from this guy, and the next thing you know, they have to do whatever this guy. That's what they wanted. They didn't want somebody that instills fear and makes rule and order. That's what they wanted. So Hashem said to Shmuel, listen to their voice. You don't have to be upset. Why should you not be upset? <clears throat> They're not disregarding you. They're not mocking you or disgust, being disgusted in you. It's the opposite. This is a praise for you. Because in the, in the fact that they're coming and saying, we want a king, Lanu, who's for us, why are they saying that? Because what did Shmuel and Avi do? Shmuel and Avi was not Lanu. Shmuel and Avi would go around smashing people on the head. He would make sure there was law and order as it was supposed to be. So Hashem said to Shmuel and Avi, don't be upset. This is a shevach for you. This is a praise for you. Because they realize that you're not going to let them get away with this kind of a leadership. You are a real leader. So that's why they're requesting a king like this, Lanu, because they don't want to have your kind of leadership. So he was upset about it. Hashem says, don't worry about that. But now that you're going to back to talk to them, if you're going to back to, to talk to them now, you have to instill in them to understand when you have a king, it's not Lanu. It's going to be Alenu. And that's why he goes back to the people. And what does he say? You think it's going to be a puppet king who you could control? This king, you're going to have to give him, uh, pay him. You're going to have to give him maidservants and maids. You're going to have to give him all kinds of benefits from your crops and your people, etc. He is going to control you with an iron fist. It means Hashem told Shmuel and Avi, you go through the psukim. He's going, to he's going to be a king that is Alenu ultimately, whether you like it or not. And the Kliakar finishes off and he says, ultimately he thinks by Yama'anu when they refuse, it means they reverted their position and they said, okay, we understand that and we still want a king over us, Aleinu, like you're saying, which is the right thing. So ultimately, as says, Hashem agrees to this and this is something acceptable. What emerges from this Kliakar is a beautiful thing. It comes out that in the Psukim it says, Som Tasim Alech HaMelech. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, you're going to say, we want to place a king over us. Moshe was saying, what would be the right way to do it? That you would recognize at a certain point there's a lack of law and order. Whenever that would be, he says, Ayishman Yishun, it's going to be when you're too comfortable in the land. And the appropriate thing would be that righteous Jews would come to the Navi at the time, Shmuel, and say, we want a king who would control with an iron fist, making sure that there's law and order in the country. Again, by the way, I want to point this out. The king has to listen to the Sanhedrin. He's not like a, you know, a free, uh, 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 what's the word, a... Um, that's the guy who goes around killing people hired by anybody, a mercenary. He's not a mercenary. It means he has to listen to the Sanhedrin ultimately. But that would be the point. Som tasim alecha. It would have to be alecha. The people requested a king from Shmuel and Avi in the wrong way. They thought they were going to get away with a puppet king who they'd be able to control, who wouldn't have power over them. That's why Shmuel was upset. Hashem says back, you should, be, you should feel praised because you should recognize the reason they're asking for this is because they don't have that right now. Because right now, you do lead them with an iron fist. You do instill in them the fear of Hashem and the rules and the mitzvot as they're meant to be. So he goes back to them and he tells them, I'm going to make a king for you, as Hashem said, but it's going to be one who instills law and order. They accept and that's acceptable then already. But what emerges now is, I think this is an amazing thing, the mitzvah of appointing a king, the way that the Kliakar is explaining, it's not a mitzvah to have a guy, you know, at the pulpit. That's not the mitzvah. 
The mitzvah is to have somebody who som tasim alecha melech mato alecha that your, his fear, his awe has to be over you. That's the mitzvah of appointing a king. And then hopefully that king instills fear and promotes that kind of a mentality throughout the country. Now unfortunately, you look at it and you look throughout Tanakh, most of the kings that guided the Jewish people were actually very wicked. So they may have instilled fear, but in a very negative way. It was almost the opposite. Most of them were worshipping Avodah Zarah. You can pick out a few of them that were righteous. You know, you had a Yoshio. You had a few people that were righteous. What's that? Chizkiyahu. You had a few of them that were righteous, but a lot of them were not. But that was what was supposed to be, that there would be a king who would instill fear, create law and order in the government, in the country, keeping things orderly. Shlom Malchut, like we said, you should daven for Shlom Malchut. The mistake was, as we're saying from the Kliakar, that they thought they could get away with a puppet king, and that doesn't work. I'll just finish off with that one side point that the Kliakar points out, which I think has very practical application today. He says, unfortunately today, we have people that are appointed into positions of the rabbinate, of rabbis, leaders, etc., and it's just a puppet position. They want somebody to validate that you have a rabbi, so therefore they put somebody in a position, but really what's going on is, it's just validating themselves, making them feel good about themselves, and they're ultimately calling the shots. He's not going to say anything against them if he really needs to put them in their place because he'll lose his job. I think this is a big issue. <laughs> I, mean, I, think I don't have to say it. I think it is technically a big problem, and I don't know what the answer to that problem is necessarily. Happy to discuss that, but certainly this is a challenge that uh, if the rabbi feels he can't say something, which is the right thing to say because he'll lose his job, and therefore he doesn't say what he's supposed to. It's not a mato aleim, so then it's a big problem. That does create definitely a genuine issue. What's the resolution to that? I don't know what the resolution is. That's how a king is supposed to be. That's how a leader is supposed to be. And uh, okay, well, I guess we'll stop here. Vizat Hashem, we'll pick up uh, on Shabbat. Everybody have a great week. Welcome into Elul again. Amen. Have a great night, everybody.